Hello, and welcome to the NPRD podcast with nurse practitioner and registered dietitian Robin Kivit. Eating disorders, body image, medicine, they are all interconnected. But with so many programs, techniques, and advice to choose from, it's easy to be overwhelmed. Robin, with more than 25 years of experience as a nurse practitioner and registered dietitian, offers help and hope for everyone, families, children, and adults. Along with veteran talk show host and good friend, Jordan Rich, Robin invites you to learn much more right here on the NPRD podcast. Hi, everyone. Today we're here for another episode of the NPRD. It's February 2022, and we're welcoming a very special guest, a former and current patient of mine, Lauren, who has really expressed interest in coming on the podcast in hopes of sharing her own journey such that it might be helpful to others in their own recovery. So thank you, Lauren, for being here with Jordan and I. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here in hopes of helping another, as many have done in the past for me. So I'm very happy to be here. And may I just also add, Lauren, that uh, you know another of our guests in the studio, uh, Ivy, the wonder dog. So (laughs) Ivy's here to to make sure I stay in line. And if you hear Ivy uh, barking or murmuring, it's it's okay. It's all part of the show. Oh, I know. I know Ivy well. (laughs) Good, (laughs) good. Many, many, many times. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. Have you met her in the... Didn't you meet her in the office before? I you, think I met I think her. It must have been like early or two before COVID hit. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that was the last time I was in and yeah. I was greeted by Ivy. Yeah, yeah. Ivy is a... For our listeners, Ivy's a Portuguese water dog who, who has been in my life since I picked her up in June of... Gosh, what was it? June of 19... She is a canine good citizen and therapy dog, although she has not been doing her therapy hours because in person, but she's been doing them mm. on the screen. Very good. So, yeah, she shows up. So, Lauren, thank you again for being with us. I guess I wondered, you know, you and I have worked together now for, I think this is, this is our fifth year, and our visits are very, are very infrequent um, because you're in a very different place. And I wondered maybe where maybe it's best to start with some of your journey and let you take it from here. Yeah, hard to believe it's almost five years, but here we are. Um, so I first um, reached out to you, Robin, in I believe it was 2017. Um, this was towards mid to late 20s um, when I was really seeking recovery. I was at a very low place in my life. I, uh, growing up, always kind of flirted with the idea of an eating disorder. You know, I had great parents, a great upbringing, but I had this obsession with being thin and food and what I put in my body, but it never really came to fruition. Um, I just kind of dabbled back and forth and Looking back now, I wish I had gotten recovery back then. But um, it happened when mid-20s, I finally decided to do something about it. And what I mean do something about it is really give into the eating disorder, engage full-blown in the habits, in um, the thoughts, everything. And it really took me going to a really low point to really reach out and seek help 
And my point in this being that you never have to get yourself to a certain place to be deserving and worthy of help. You know, if I had reached out in my early 20s, late teens, I always wonder how would my life be different? What could I have accomplished? What could have I avoided throughout all this? So if it's something that you're finding that you're facing these thoughts, these, these you know, habits, then get help now. And help can look very different. It could be therapist. It could be nutritionist. It could be even just starting with calling um, the eating disorders hotline. Just never be afraid to reach out. I think one of the things that I thought of around what you just said, Lauren, and we corresponded with around this topic prior to today, and you said you're never not enough to deserve treatment. Sometimes when we're in sessions, what we speak to is you don't have to be sick enough, you know, and, and that's exactly. a, that's, this is a very, very important piece to, to, that we talk about with our patients and that we not just flirt with, but really delve into because people often feel they're not sick enough. And with eating disorders, there's been a lot more, um, I think Ivy agrees with us. I'm sorry. There's been, there's been a lot more discussion around this more recently because, you know, as the three of us know and many of our listeners know, eating disorders don't pick a size and shape. It's not like that. And so one doesn't have to be sick enough. And I I think your life is outstanding because, you know, in part because you have done all this work. Um, But I do see your point around wondering what it might be like in terms of the difference. I grew up with the belief that you had to be a certain size to get to say you have an eating disorder. And for me, I knew I needed help, but I didn't think I was small enough to be to fit the mold of an eating disorder. Because unfortunately, that's what we were told by a lot of doctors who weren't informed 10, 15 years ago. So it's, it's really great to see what's happening you know, there's social media and everything, just like you said, Robin, eating disorders don't choose a size. Yeah, they don't choose a size. They don't choose a body. They don't choose a color. They don't choose a gender. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. May I ask, uh, Lauren, what your peers, friends, family members, uh, were, were there open discussions about what was going on with you? And did you either take it to heart at one point or ignore what people were saying if they were being honest with you? So I have a really great group of friends and family who are all, I'm very lucky that they all have phenomenal eating habits. They have a very healthy relationship with their bodies and food, which is one of the best things for me to be surrounded by constantly. But it's funny, you, no, one, no one really said anything to me. You know, I knew that there were concerns. I knew that um, there were discussions behind my back out of love, but no one said anything directly to me because I think they were afraid to as to what my reaction might be. And I took that as, oh, well, they just don't think I'm sick enough. You know, it's just not a red flag enough. And I kind of use that against myself. And it, I, it's something looking back that, I do wish that they had confronted me, but they were just, they didn't know what to do. I mean, this was something that was, 
10 years ago not talked about and no one was aware of. And that's the beauty of social media now. Um, and beauty and, and the curse, right? <laughs> I know. If you've, if you've curated your feed like I have, it's a beauty. Yes. <laughs> well, and we did that. So one of the things yep. we did in, I think, more than one session is when we were in person and you can do it, you can do it virtually obviously is um, we sat and went through your social media yep. and yep. took folks off or accounts off that really were not helpful, you know, that were detrimental, that were triggering, that were comparison. That should be, that should be for all people, a good idea, a good exercise. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. The mute button is a great thing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and you and I, we worked, I, I want to point out that we worked together in conjunction with a lot of collaboration with your therapist, who I also know very well and have worked with, with, with other patients for a very long time, probably 15 years, I think. And... You also sought out the care of um, a very specific primary care doc who was who specializes in eating disorders, um, and so you had a team. And so, in your outpatient recovery journey, you had this whole team who was communicating with each other and with you throughout this time. And I wonder if you might have anything around that that would be helpful to speak to. Well, the funny thing is I went to a therapist. I um, sought out my therapist, Erica, who you mentioned, um, and I found her online, and I met with her. And I met with her for about three months, and every session she would mention, I think that you should see this nutritionist, Robin, who I know and is great. And... I would say every time, Erica, I know how to eat. I know what's healthy, what's not healthy. I don't need a nutritionist. So she said, okay, I just want you to consider it. So every single time, and three months, maybe three to four months went on, and I still wasn't progressing. I was kind of at a plateau. And finally I said, fine, give me your number. (laughs) So I reached out to Robin, and she got me in, and the thing about seeing the right nutritionist, um, especially someone that's specialized in eating disorders, is that they don't tell you what to eat. They tell you, they help you navigate how you want to eat. You know, what does your body want? And more importantly, what Robin and many of these nutritionists that are out there um, who specialize in eating disorders is they really teach you to trust your instincts. I mean... Some of the things I eat, some of the, you know, taste buds that I have, Robin couldn't even imagine. <laughs> and it's it's all from within. But she really helped give me that confidence and trust back in myself. So I just think it's so vital to work with a nutritionist and understand that it's not a, they're not creating a meal plan with you. I mean, I don't. I think we've only talked about a meal plan maybe a handful of times. So yeah. And That's there what are, I needed. yeah, and there are, there are, I, you know, I think it's good to say there are definitely folks and sessions that focus on meal plans, but right. in a lot of the work that we did 
and that we still do, we're not talking about grams of this or portions of that. We're talking about body image. We're talking about hunger and fullness. We're talking about, you know, the emotional relationship with food. Um, I mean, we talk about your victories now all the time. And, um, and you know, you have this, you, you have always had a very rich and full life. You are a world traveler the friend of that everybody wants you show up and so you you know you came in with these things and we took we took a lot of patient time together fair and okay for me to say that it was slow it was very oh, slow yep i mean we i went out and not went at you one time but one time i was just so frustrated and i remember emailing you that i was just frustrated yeah. i was i you your response back I mean there was a point when I thought about stopping and you were honest with me and that's what I needed and that I really gained trust in you from that it's you know it's not a perfect journey it's a lot of emotions at stake you know so it's but it takes time it's I was going to you I believe weekly weekly you know going to my therapist the other day a PCP the other day it's it's a commitment, yeah. but it's important. Yeah, you did make a commitment, and you you showed up every time. And we we had tough sessions. We had mm-hmm. <laughs> tough sessions where we would challenge each other, and um, and do the work. Yep, and it pays off. It's if you if you want something, and if you put that time and effort into it, you'll get the result. You. You might not get it right away, but you'll get it. And you just have to stay committed. It's, you know, and it's something that if someone were to say this to me six years ago, I'd blow them off and I'd roll my eyes and I'd say, but that's you. I'm not going to get there. You don't understand my thoughts. You don't understand how deep I am into this. But I'm coming on the other side and I'm saying it's possible. And it's just you you have to immerse yourself in recovery you have to you know commit to the appointments you have to what I would do is I would listen to every podcast I could think of out there because I couldn't I hate reading I would maybe look over a blog or two but to really immerse yourself in all the recovery materials out there it's you know you brainwash yourself into this disorder you have to really get yourself out of it and do the opposite I agree with you. I think the thing we need to to name too, and you and I name this in sessions, and I'm sure you've done this, you did this with Erica, is it's not your fault. So the eating disorder is not your fault. And yes, there is the commitment to recovery. It's just not your fault that, you know, that that, that's where you were. Um, And one thing you and I kind of went back and forth with in terms of prior to today is, you know, you had, you very clearly got to this point where you felt and then you um, wrote that, you know, once you are nourishing your body, this is nutritionally and mentally, the fantasizing of food diminishes. Some of these constant, constant thoughts stop eventually. 
I wondered if it was fair to say at this point, you know, we have what I would consider our like maintenance sessions right now. I mean, what are we meeting like every two months or so, something like that? Yeah. Yep. And is it fair to say that you feel like you are, I guess two questions. Is it fair to say that you're fully in recovery? And then the second being, do you think that full recovery is possible for others? So the fun, that's a, it's a good question, and it's something that I definitely, I definitely consider myself in full recovery, thankfully. But honestly, the one thing that shocked me about recovery, which was in a, just something that I didn't expect, is that to be in full recovery, you still have to actively practice the skills that you've learned in recovery. Because I'm, I, this was my whole life. And these past five years, I've really worked, and I, I would say in the past two to three years now, I've really been in active recovery. But the thing is that I find is that these thoughts will never, ever, ever, never, never come back again. And the difference is when they do come back, which is very few and far between, um, like I know during COVID, that really shocked a lot of people. And you know, these life events that are out of your control. And the, you know, I think that a lot of people fall back on some old habits. But the difference is when I feel those habits start to sneak up, instead of becoming afraid and fearful that I'm going to fall back in, I go into my toolkit and I take out everything that I've learned and I'm able to use those tools that I have to cope with it and then we move on. And I think that's something that's so tough for me, that is tough for a lot of people, is they think this should, not, should never happen again. I should never have this thought again. What's, the, what what's, the, key, what's the key word you used there that we would always work on? Should. Yes. <laughs> no know, shoulding on oneself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I had um, to point that out. I'm sorry. You were in a very, you were in a very deep no, thought, and I, no, I, I just had to. Good. Old habits die hard, but, <laughs> right. but I just, I thought that recovery would look like you never have these thoughts again. They disappear. That chapter of your life is closed. And I think the reality is we're human. We're always going to have these old habits, old thoughts that come up. But if you know how to proactively manage them, that's all it is. And I think that's just such an important thing that I wish I had learned two years ago, five years ago, whatever it was, that would just make make it a little bit easier to attain recovery. And um, I think it's something that's really important to remember. It is. Lauren, this has been fantastic. I am so grateful to you. I, I want to say to the listeners that you reached out to me to be on, which yes. is awesome. <laughs> um, and thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. And I just hope that everyone out there that's going through this just knows that there is hope. I know it's hard to hear, but just immerse yourself in podcasts, books, whatever it is you find, and continue to be actionable. Go to your appointments, challenge yourself with eating different foods. Just keep on going, and it will happen for you. So, Thank you, Lauren. Thank you so much. All right. 
Thank you for joining us for the NPRD podcast with Robin Kivit. We invite you to subscribe, download, rate and review us and share this valuable podcast with friends and family. Help and hope is found here. For more, just go to robinkivit.com. That's R-O-B-Y-N-K-I-E-V-I-T.com. Or check out the NPRD.com.